Welcome to Beyond the Paradigm with me, Paul. This is episode number seven, UFOs, UAPs and aliens. Are we alone? This is part two of my series on this topic. It is a mammoth topic. I've been through loads of information, so there's going to be a third part to this. Uh, just before I begin with my episode today, just like to give a shout out to my friends over at the Semi-Skeptic podcast, Chris and Aaron, I was recently on their show. We had a good conversation about many things, including um, the Nephilim. We looked at um, the question me regarding my own Christian faith, but it was a good show. Um, if you check them out, them guys, they talk about many different things, cryptids, vampires, simulation theory, um, all kinds of things. So, Thank you guys for having me on your show and just encourage people to go over and listen to them on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. So, UFOs, UAPs, aliens, spacecraft of exotic or non-human origin and talk of further disclosure has been all over the internet recently. With the whistleblower, David Grush making the startling claims that the US has a number of intact and partially intact craft of non-human origin and the UFO incident in Las Vegas. It has been a very interesting time for UFO or UAP hunters everywhere. The incident in Las Vegas on April 30th was most fascinating and it was sensational. The Vegas family called the police after aliens supposedly crashed in their backyard. Family members were recorded saying they saw an 8 to 10 foot person or monster with big eyes and they said it's not human. In body cam footage a man can be heard saying me and him saw it as he was speaking to a police officer about him and his friend. Police body camera footage also shows something falling from the sky. The police officer is heard saying to the family that they would not normally attend a call like this, but one of his colleagues had also witnessed something falling from the sky. And I've seen uh, ring doorbell footage that's been released and shown online for some of the neighbors that live close by to this house. And you clearly see a green object hurtling towards the ground. And it has been explained recently as being a meteor of up to one meter in diameter. That's an explanation that has been given. According to sources close to the investigation, law enforcement are not treating this incident as a hoax and they have placed the cameras uh, in the back backyard of this family's house in case aliens make another landing. Multiple sightings over the years and an estimate of between 4 to 8 million people in the US alone have been abducted or claimed to be abducted by aliens. Crop circles appearing around the world. Cows mutilated, some of which have been drained of all their blood. Claims of reverse engineering alien craft have been made by various people, but most notably by Bob Lazar. He is a self proclaimed physicist who claims he was hired in the late 1980s to reverse engineer extraterrestrial technology. So what is going on? Well, 
in this episode, first of all, I'm going to look at a couple of incidents um, from the UK and one from the US. Um, and one of these incidents from the UK, I've only recently heard about it. And it's this uh, incident in Penturk in South Wales. And it occurred on the 26th of February 2016. The Penturk incident refers to the events that took place on the night of the 26th of February 2016 where a primary eyewitness, Kaz Clark, along with some other witnesses, observed several unidentified aerial phenomena over the Welsh village of Penturk. The objects interacted with witnesses, it is claimed, and were then intercepted and witnesses believe shot down by several military aircraft observed on the night with the cra uh, craft itself crash landing in Smilog Woods behind the Royal Glamorgan Hospital. Many of the uh, people who witnessed military activity around the area including numerous helicopters of which some apparently landed, explosions were heard and local residents were frightened. Multiple witnesses rang the police. The armed forces later claimed that it was a military exercise codenamed Chameleon. A simpler explanation. Case is closed. Or was it? Kaz Clark, a local resident and primary witness, claimed to have seen absolutely everything and posted a comment on the Wales online article that claimed it was just a military exercise. Her comment, she posted, stated that it was absolutely not a military exercise. She also claimed that the target the military was chasing was not an RAF jet, but a UFO. Mrs. Clark stated, it was enormous, majestic, nowhere you could be mistaken. In the early hours, she was drawn to the fields behind her house because of a huge pyramid of light taking up the night sky. She went on to explain the first red light was high above the trees, thousands of feet up. She then went on to say, as it, as it neared the ground, it ejected a hand of lightning. Not thin lightning, but thick like fingers, fire-coloured fingers. She states that she wished she would have had pictures or a video, but claimed that her mobile phone was not working. According to Mrs. Clark, she was scanned by the UFO in the sky before a red object went in one direction and a green object went in the other. At that point, a fleet of RAF helicopters arrived. Mrs. Clark said, We believe the military aircraft shot them down. There was a loud explosion in the area heard by Kaz Clark, which she said, was like an enormous kaboom, that's what she said in the interview that I listened to. And police transcripts from people in, uh, within a five mile radius confirmed that there was loud explosions that woke people up and set off car alarms. Seismological data from the British Geological Survey confirm there was a seismological anomaly in the South Wales area that night. Supposedly, the explosion 
was near the Royal Glamorgan Hospital and reportedly it shook the hospital windows rattled. The MOD responded to the Freedom of Information request regarding the explosion by stating that it would not be possible for them to retrospectively confirm if the shaking felt at the hospital was caused by simulated explosions. All other Freedom of Information requests regarding the incident have received a Section 26 exemption response which allows for the withholding of information that might be considered a security risk. The next morning a Wales Online article stated that it was part of a military drill. The primary witness Kaz Clark stated that it wasn't a drill and that the exercise took place the week before the references to exercise chameleon which took place uh, in the area uh, around the time of Mrs Clark's alleged sighting of a UFO. What is more, the military knew they were coming and had a spotter plane out, she stated, in the air for two days, waiting for the event. She then goes on to say, when it came, four planes chased the green object whilst the spotter plane circled approximately six red oval objects, which formed a pyramid shape. Several red spheres hovered silently above the fields until the helicopters came. Mrs Clark claims that they couldn't record the incident on the phones, as they'd stopped working. And since the incident, Mrs Clark has taken three polygraph tests, all of which have indicated she was telling the truth. Another witness, Mike Hembry, claims to have seen a red pulsing light followed by two more to form a triangle descending from the clouds. Mr Hembry said, it looked very large indeed. I don't think it touched down totally, but about 10 to 12 feet from the ground. It lit up fully, showing the full outline of it then it dimmed down. He added that black, red and green orbs emerged from it as if they were dancing and moulding into one, pulsing from red to green slowly. Witnesses told the Swansea UFO network they spotted a red light to the west above and beyond the line of the trees that marked the field's western extremity. It was followed by other red lights that formed the outer edges of a huge triangle standing upright, tilted to the right, with a convex rather than straight lower edge. They said, they said that they didn't see it arrive, but rather it just appeared in front of them, with some suggesting that it has travelled interdimensionally. Um, the sight of the alleged uh, crash showed some strange signs, apparently such as the trees had branches damaged quite high up and odd white burn marks. Mrs Clark also stated that uh, at the crash site it was actually snowing, but it wasn't snowing anywhere else. But the snow was said to be like a very spongy type material, but they described it as being snow. However, I've seen some pictures from a presentation done by Cas Clark 
which she did to a local UFO group. And one of the pictures shows the large triangle or pyramid UFO with orange lights around the edges. She said that the sparks or lightning appeared to emanate from the uh, lights towards the ground. On examination, however, the orange lights look very much like military parachute flares. Something I have experience of being in the army. She also described the red and green orbs that floated around the area. And from the pictures, they look remarkably like these drop zone markers that are used by military when para dropping at night. It's likely that it was a special forces exercise and the planes, the people and the night activity and all the secrecy suggest that this was an SAS or similar unit on exercise. You see, not too far away is Hereford, the home of the SAS. And the exercise had since been published as Exercise Chameleon, which apparently happens twice a year. Um, and it's happened as recently as 2021. It involves ground forces, helicopters, surveillance aircraft and transport aircraft such as the C-130 Hercules to do paradrops. The secrecy from the MOD is due to it being special forces. They will never comment on special forces exercises, training or operations. IMEX forces, and trust me, anything to do with special forces is very, very secretive. In Afghanistan, I was on an escort mission to take an MI6 agent to a location that didn't exist. A black site. However, the MOD's responses don't help them because they responded to some of the freedom of information requests by not denying there was a pyramid-shaped craft, but they just said the old information, but it isn't in the public interest to release it. Now, you can make of that what you will. But could the witnesses just have been mistaken as they had, as they had untrained eyes? And I personally can't accept that an RAF jet shot down a potential non-human craft. RAF fighter jets, such, such for example as the Typhoon, they're awesome. However, they wouldn't have had the capability to shoot down an alien craft. Based on the information given from multiple eyewitness accounts, including... US Air Force personnel over the years regarding UFOs. Footage from cockpits of US fighter planes shows UFOs moving at ridiculously high speeds and outmaneuvering fighter jets. Kevin Day was a radar operator on board the USS Nimitz in 2004 and he claimed to have seen a tic tac shaped craft on the radar and estimated that it travelled at speeds of up to 24,000 miles an hour, then dropped from 20,000 feet down to one foot above the sea in one second. Just let that sink in.
On the 6th of June 1980, 56-year-old coal miner Zygmunt Adamski left his home in Tingley in West Yorkshire to do some shopping. He never returned. On the 9th of June, his body was found on top of a 10-foot-high pile of coal in the town of Todmorden, 20 miles away from his house. Sent to investigate, local policeman Alan Godfrey discovered that while Adamski was wearing a suit, his shirt, wallet and watch were all missing. Adamski's hair had been cropped in what PC Godfrey described as a roughly cut manner. And he only had one day's growth of beard, despite being missing for several days. The young policeman also reported that Adamski had mysterious burns on his neck, his head and on his shoulders. Five months after the grisly discovery of Adamski's body, Todmorden once again was found itself at the centre of, of media attention. This time it was none other than the police officer, Alan Godfrey, who was in the eye of the storm. He was sent out at five in the morning to deal with a call about escaped cattle on a housing estate. Godfrey, according to his own account, stopped dead in his tracks by what he claimed was an unidentified flying ob object. Godfrey said the object was a bright light in the sky, a rotating diamond-shaped vessel 20 feet high and 14 feet wide. Godfrey made a quick sketch of the object in his notebook and then grabbed his police radio to call the incident in. The line was dead. Suddenly it disappeared in a bright flash and Godfrey found himself sitting in his car 30 yards further down the road. Looking at his watch, the policeman was surprised to see it was 25 minutes later than it had been had been just moments before. Weirder still, his boot was split open and an itchy mark had appeared on one of his feet. Baffled, Godfrey returned to where he had seen the light and discovered the road where his car had been was completely dry, despite the fact that it had recently been raining. Getting out to investigate the area, he found the cows he'd been looking for in the park next to the road. They had not been there before. He saw the, uh, they hadn't been there before. He saw the strange object in the sky. What on earth was going on? When finally he managed to report his strange encounter, Godfrey was met with scepticism and even ridicule. On the advice of his solicitor friend, he decided to see a hypnotist to get to the bottom of what he had witnessed. And under hypnosis, Godfrey recalled that he had been blinded by the light and he'd passed out. He told the hypnotist that when he awoke, he was in a strange room being examined by several little creatures and a tall humanoid figure with a beard. Again, his claims were met with raised eyebrows and derision. Several weeks after Godfrey's account had leaked to the newspapers and became an international news story, 
he was called into his inspector's office. There sat a man in a dark suit and a tie, who introduced himself as the man from the ministry. He had with him a file containing Godfrey's drawing of the strange craft. Godfrey wasn't allowed to see the rest of the file, but assumed it also contained his account of the evening's events, plus his report on the mysterious death of Zygmunt Adamski. The man told Godfrey that he was to swear on the Official Secrets Act that he would not talk to anyone about what he had seen. Godfrey reluctantly agreed to this. The young policeman then encountered the same man on several occasions over the next few days, and it was clear he was being followed. Eventually, Godfrey confronted the man in his local pub, telling him to clear off. The man disappeared and was never seen again. Who was this mysterious man? Was he an MI5 agent sent to warn him? warn him off well that's what PC Godfrey believes though another theory is that the stranger was actually from West Yorkshire police sent to warn Godfrey off from speaking to the press in an attempt to not draw any more attention to the force as they were already getting a considerable amount of bad publicity over the Yorkshire Ripper case despite that it later transpired that several other police officers and the bus driver had seen strange lights on the same morning of PC Godfrey's claims. Godfrey's claims were seen as an embarrassment to the force. He was eventually transferred to Wakefield and an attempt was even made to have him sectioned. Godfrey later claimed that he was hounded out of the police for refusing to give up on his story. He also talked of the negative impact the incident had had on him and his family, and he said that he wished he'd never seen the UFO, particularly because of the effects on my children, he said. And he was later to reflect and say that it's not easy having a policeman as your father, but when he's a policeman who saw a UFO, it's even worse. Now, since these two incidents in 1980 in Todmorden and other areas of the West Yorkshire have become UFO hotspots, mysterious objects have been reported for 40 years across the Pennines in the skies above Humthorpe, Rothwell, and in 2016, over the world-famous Ribblehead Viaduct, where strange lights could be seen hovering in the sky for several hours. Godfrey stated that what he saw was a nuts and bolts craft and not a trick of the mind. And this is what he told an audience in Halifax back in 2014. He said, I have never seen anything like it. I would swear on the Bible it was from somewhere else. These things have been seen so many times above Todmorden. They call the area UFO Alley. Now I'm sure that PC Godfrey believes what he saw. But the problem I have is what he described under hypnosis. He said he woke up in a room being examined by little creatures and a humanoid with a beard. 
Now, hypnotism may be defined as that art or practice of induction of a state of abnormal suggestibility by certain well-defined methods technically known as hyponogenic. Hypnotism enables the hypnotist to condition the subconscious automatic functions of the subject's mind. And this is the crux of the danger of hypnotic suggestion. So it's possible that through the power of suggestion, under hypnosis, this caused PC Godfrey to make this elaborate claim. I don't trust what he said under hypnosis. Not that I'm saying I distrust what he said overall, but this statement about these little creatures and this humanoid with a beard that was brought out after hypnosis, I don't trust that. Now, here's a quote from an article I read regarding the dangers of hypnosis. As a result of hypnotic suggestion, subjects have stolen money, rushed to pick up rattlesnakes, thrown sulfuric acid into a man's face, which, unknown to the subject, was protected by an invisible glass. These researches are amazing, and are commended to the reader. Put bluntly, through hypnosis, it is possible to force persons to commit crimes. Those who speak of the necessity for hypnotic suggestion to fit in with the subject's moral code should revise their concepts. Now, furthermore, regarding this incident with uh, PC Alan Godfrey, I made um, a freedom of information request to the Ministry of Defence. And the reason I did this is because reading various articles, it's it's been stated and claimed during my research that two investigators from the Ministry of Defence actually spoke to Alan Godfrey and looked into this incident. So I did a freedom of information request on the 5th of May this year. And I wrote to them and I said, I'm uh, writing to you to request information regarding the incident of November 1980 in Todmorden, West Yorkshire, involving PC Alan Godfrey. PC Godfrey witnessed a giant levitating diamond. PC Godfrey was visited by representatives from the Ministry of Defence who investigated this incident. Furthermore, relating to this incident, I would like any relevant reports and information generated. They responded by basically saying, a search for the information has now been completed and I confirm that no information in the scope of your request is held. That's from the Ministry of Defence. So they're telling me they've no information Yet it is a known fact that two UFO investigators from the Ministry of Defence investigated it and spoke to Alan Godfrey. But they say they have no information regarding this incident. This next 
next reported sighting of an alien craft. I've only just heard about it recently, but it is another startling account. In March 1948, a 100-foot saucer is believed to have crashed just north of Aztec in New Mexico. Unlike the Roswell crash, which took place only eight months previously, the Aztec UFO is believed to have landed mostly intact, with its occupants killed by the impact. The government is believed to have descended upon the isolated site and swept its contents up into a black hole of red taped secrecy. The 1948 Aztec UFO crash incident is a controversial topic amongst those who discuss the extraterrestrial phenomena. There are all kinds of theories and talk of cover-ups and hoaxes. The story was first published in 1949 by author Frank Scully in his Variety magazine columns and later in his 1950 book Behind the Flying Saucers. According to Scully, in March 1948, an unidentified aerial craft containing 16 humanoid bodies was recovered by the military in New Mexico after making a controlled landing in Hart Canyon, 12 miles northeast of the city of Aztec. The craft was said to be 99 feet in diameter, and it is said to be the largest UFO to date. Scully named as his sources two men identified as Newton and Gibor, who reportedly told him that the incident had been covered up and the military had taken the craft for secret research. Scully wrote that the crash UFO, along with other flying saucers captured by the government, came from Venus and worked on magnetic principles. According to Scully, the inhabitants stocked concentrated food wafers and, he says, quote, heavy water for drinking purposes, and every dimension of this craft was divisible by nine. Through the mid-1950s to the early 1970s, most ufologists considered the subject thoroughly discredited and therefore avoided it. However, in 1966, a book regarding the incident at Exeter mentioned rumours of dead alien bodies which were stored at the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And these rumours inspired the 1968 novel, The Fortec Conspiracy. In 1974, ufologist Robert Spencer Carr publicly claimed alien bodies recovered near Aztec were stored in Hangar 18 at the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, prompting official denials from the Air Force. However, in the late 70s, author Leonard Stringfield purported that not only was the incident real, but that the craft involved was one of many captured and stored by the US military. And in later years, many alleged first-hand accounts of the Roswell crash contained the Aztec crash story, with some claiming the craft was made of material impervious to wall heat while others claiming that the craft was damaged 
by the crash. The supposed humanoid bodies were said to measure between 36 inches and 42 inches in height and they only weighed about 40 pounds or 18 kilos in, in weight. Ufologists claim that shortly after the craft was downed, the military cleared the area of evidence, including the bodies, subsequently taking it to Hangar 18 at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. So this story, it's another level to many I have read. And David Gruster, you, uh, the US Air Force intelligence officer and whistleblower, has also claimed that not only the US have intact craft of non-human origin, but they've also recovered the non-human pilots to these craft. And I've recently watched a documentary and one of the men interviewed on it was a guy called Mark Magruder. He was the son of a former US naval fighter pilot. And on this documentary, he recounted a tale regarding what his father, Mac Magruder, told him. In July 1947, Colonel Magruder began his year's posting to the National Air War College at Maxwell Field in Alabama and he remained there until June 1948. July was a fateful month in his life. According to his sons, Mark and Merritt, because it was the month that his class took a special trip to Wright Field, which is at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. Mark McGruber recounts his father told him that he and the rest of his class were told that the military wanted his feedback, his thinking on a decision they had to make. It was a strategic decision in the area of military and political planning. Basically, those higher up in the military were looking for guidance on a critical decision they had to make. Now, he told Mark McGruder, that he was shown debris from a crash, the crash at Roswell, and he was brought into first hand contact with one of the pilots of the craft, the only one that was left alive. Basically, Mac McGruder told his sons that whilst he was at Wright Patterson Air Force Base, he, he saw a live extraterrestrial and there were people uh, experimenting on this extraterrestrial and apparently he said that the experiments were quite extreme. In fact, they were that extreme that those carrying out the experiments ended up killing this extraterrestrial. So, over the course of the last two episodes, I've basically shown that due to the extraordinary stories I have covered, that it is claimed that we have been visited by physical alien craft and some have crashed and been recovered. Dead and an alive pilot have been recovered from crash sites, it has been claimed. People all around the world have claimed to be abducted by aliens and also Mac McGruder 
he claimed to have seen a live alien that had been captured and he, and he said he's seen it at this military base here on Earth. Now, I've been doing, obviously, some of my own research. I've mentioned it in my last episode. Um, and one of the pieces of research that I have done is to Lancashire Constabulary. And I mentioned it in my previous episode that I'd, I'd done a Freedom of Information request and I'd, I'd asked them for some information regarding um, UFOs and UAPs, lights in the sky, aliens, extraterrestrial beings over the Lancashire area. Uh, they got back to me, obviously, I'd said it in my last episode, basically the the time frame that I gave them, it was it was too large, so they asked me to narrow it down. So I did narrow it down. So after telling me they had 504 reported incidents of this, these keywords that they'd searched, UAPs and uh, UFOs, aliens, all these things, 504 in total, I sent this other Freedom of Information request and I narrowed it down to the period 1st of January 2020 to the uh, 31st of December 2020. So... I actually got clarification now and they've actually come back to me with some information and they've only basically said they have one recorded incident. So after saying over a 10 year period they had basically 504 incidents where they'd done this keyword search and it had popped up with 504 incidents of UFO, UAP, alien, all these things mentioned. It said 504 They've come back to me and said that between the 1st of January 2022 and 31st, sorry, the 1st of January 2022 and the 31st of December 2022, they've only got one recorded incident. And apparently, the caller, this is what it says, the caller declared themselves of the real Antichrist and that a UFO had crashed and no further details were obtained. So, needless to say, I was slightly disappointed with that because obviously that's just utter nonsense and I'm not even taking that seriously. But they said to me 504. I was expecting there to be at least anything between 15 to 25 possible sightings of something anyway. But they've come back with that and that's it. But I had done another freedom of information request to North Wales Police because I now live in North Wales and they come back with a number over a 10 year period um, some of them state like one says here says that whoever rang states that he's dealing with aliens coming from planet Mercury with the UFOs uh, another one said that he looked outside his window before going to bed and he can see a red and white light. The police apparently informed them that they knew it was a drone. There's another one saying that some guy rang up and he said he could hear aliens in the woods behind the hotel and was not sure if it was real or not and they advised him to speak to the staff at the hotel. Some of these are obviously just just nonsense. 
But there's one um, from 2021, which is quite interesting. So it says, suspicious circumstances or objects. And someone said they'd like to report an unidentified flying object. It was a man who rang because it said he described it is a large metal silver shaped disc about the size of two helicopters. It had bright green flames at the front of it. Light bright orange glowing fire, but instead they were green flames. And cloudy steam at the back of it. He said the object was going very fast. The object was being followed by a helicopter. And the helicopter had red and white flashing lights on it. I don't know what to make of that, but that's some of my independent research. Obviously, some of them that are read out, they're clearly nonsense. And the one from Lancashire Police where someone says he's the real Antichrist, that's clearly someone who's possibly intoxicated. It just rang up thinking it's funny. But what is actually going on? Because I've talked about different cases of people who've seen ufos and they've claimed that the physical craft and this claims obviously of physical alien bodies now is this a government psyop are these claims actually real are these physical or spiritual entities or is this phenomena a combination of all these things who who's involved military governments deep state private companies is it even possible that physical craft can travel through space from other planets when travelling at the speed of light from the closest galaxy to us, which I believe is the Andromeda galaxy, to our galaxy, would take approximately 2.3 million years? Is it possible? Well, let's find out in the next episode of beyond the paradigm as we go deeper into this rabbit hole.